radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. As if the world wasn't strange enough with coronavirus and stock markets down and businesses failing and unemployment at a near record high. Something else happened today. Today, Monday, April 20th, 2020. Hello, everyone. I'm Don McDonald, and welcome to one of the more bizarre editions of Talking Real Money Daily. A little earlier today, just a couple of hours ago, but it seems it seems longer somehow. I went and looked to see how the stock market was doing, and it was down. But I noticed something very strange. I glanced at the price of oil. Now, the price we usually hear quoted is not the actual price of oil. It's the price of the most recent futures contract. And let me try to explain what a futures contract is. I own oil. I produce it. It comes out of the ground in my backyard. Not really, but let's assume it does. And I want to make sure that I get X dollars for my oil. So I sell the right to buy my oil at a, at a date in the future to someone for X amount of dollars. Let's say a couple of months ago, I wanted $20 a barrel. So I say, hey, you, um, I want you to pay me $20 a barrel for oil and you say well i think that's going to go up so i'll pay you twenty dollars a barrel in the future for that you pay a little tiny premium then if the price goes up well i still have to sell it to you for twenty dollars a barrel and let's say it went to 30 you get to keep the extra 10 bucks but you take as the buyer of the futures contract you take on the risk so if the oil that i sold you for a future price of $20 a barrel, declines to $10 a barrel, well, you still have to pay me 20 even though you can only sell it for 10 Sorry. That's the way it works. So here's what happened. The May 2020 U.S. West Texas Intermediate crude oil contract expires on 421. I know that sounds weird, but that's when it expires. So, oil in the U.S. has been plummeting because look at the gas pumps. We're not driving. So, nobody's buying it. The refineries aren't buying it. Nobody's buying it. And yet there's tons of oil coming into the U.S. that was purchased ages ago from overseas. And it's sitting on the ocean in giant tankers waiting to get offloaded because somebody already bought it. Well, the storage, all the storage in the U.S. is filling up or has filled up. So now I have a futures contract that I agreed to pay $20 per barrel for, and by the way, that is a contract to buy a 1,000 barrels or 42,000 gallons of crude oil. I've agreed to pay 20, but the actual price, because nobody can find a place to store it for U.S. crude, is down around a dollar right now. It is actually, temporarily, because nobody knows where to put it. 
well, I still have to buy it from you at 20. I don't want to buy it from you at 20. So I, I try to sell my contract. I put it for sale today. I say, please, someone buy my contract from me. I'll, I'll take less. And everybody says, hmm, no, don't want it. See, that's the supply and demand part of the marketplace. So you say, well, how about if I sell it to you at a loss? I'll, I'll let you buy it for $10 a barrel. You say, no, don't want it. How about $5 a barrel? No, don't want it. Okay. How about if I just give you the oil? Mm, no, I don't think so. And that is when it began to get crazy. Because then, suddenly buyers were saying, hmm, I'll take it if you pay me $5 a barrel to take it off your hands. So now the price of the crude in that contract is negative $5 a barrel. Then some people said, well, that's a pretty good deal, so uh, I'll, I'll let you pay me just $2 a barrel. So the price came back up to negative two. And then somebody said, nah, I need negative three. The price went down to negative three. Now, as we're getting closer within a day, within 24 hours or so of this contract expiring, and everyone who still has the contract being forced to buy the oil and then find a way to store it, because once you buy it, you have to store it somewhere and there's no place to store it. So storage costs are going through the roof. You want to rent a rail car and store it? Well, you got to rent the rail car. And you've got to rent a special, private, secure, fire-protected track somewhere. So you could run into several dollars a barrel every month to store it. So then people started saying, eh, I don't want it at all. So the, uh, the, the sellers were saying, how about if I give it to you for negative $20? I'll pay you $20 a barrel to take it. Or $20,000 per contract. Now, how about if I pay you $30,000 per contract or a negative $30 price per barrel? No, I think I'll wait. The last time I looked, and the markets trade late, so I don't know where it's going to end up. But the last time I looked at around 3.30 Pacific time on Monday, the last time I looked, a barrel of Crude oil in the May contract, the May 2020 contract, was, get this, negative $36 a barrel. That is a $54 per barrel price drop just today. It traded for as much as almost $18 positive a barrel, and it's been as low as about negative 40 a barrel. Holy mackerel. Did you see oil isn't just isn't actually itself that cheap. You just that you, if you speculated on it, you just lost your shirt. You literally lost your shirt because oil futures contracts have never traded negative. Ever. What does that mean? Well, not really much. Because contracts for West Texas Intermediate Crude in the fall are around, you know, they're up in the 20s, which is still low. But this is just weird. 
of course they'll come back up. I mean, we need oil. We use oil. We're not going to stop using it anytime in the next few days. But it is a very unique situation and one that I'm sure you didn't understand unless you're a futures trader. So don't get any weird ideas. Oh, and by the way, do not. Oh, wait, wait. I just looked again. It's down almost $38 a barrel, negative $38 a barrel. Don't get stupid. Okay. One, you're not qualified. But two, yeah, so what if they pay you $38,000 to take the 1,000 barrels of oil? What are you going to do with it? You can't put it in your swimming pool. So what's the moral of this story? Don't gamble. Don't speculate. It's just as dangerous to do it in the financial markets, maybe even more so, than to do it in a casino. And they don't buy you free drinks when you lose on Wall Street. Oh, you have a question about all this stuff? Give me a call at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can leave a call, a message, and I'll answer it on the show. You can also type your questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com slash contact. And if you have a longer problem, you want a little guidance, you're trying to figure out if you're going in the right direction, uh, we have advisors who are all, all of our advisors are working. They're working online. They're working via phone. And when they're not working with our clients, we make them help you. We're cruel taskmasters. And we don't try to sell you anything. There's no high pressure. If you'd like to become a client, we would be thrilled to have you. But there's no pressure to do so. We don't need to. So if you want to talk with one of our advisors, it's free, it's easy, and they're fiduciaries, just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and set up an appointment or send your question to me. And let's do, let's do two of those today, okay? Let's get two out of the way. First one is about the stimulus. And the question is, I am a healthcare worker, so I'm still getting paid during this time, so I don't need the $2,900 stimulus. You must have a child. 29, 15, 12, yes. Mm -hmm. um, should I use it to pay down my mortgage? 121000 owed at 4%, about 12 years remaining on a 30-year. Or put it in my son's 529. He is almost two and has approximately 38000 Wow, nice. My wife and I are 37. You guys are good at this. Already maxed out our Roth IRAs for the year, and I put 15% into my Roth at work. We have about 12, 000, uh, 12 plus, uh, oh, we have a 12 month, a 12 month. <laughs> Why is that hard for me to say? I don't know. We already have 12 plus months of emergency funds. All right. Well, I would do, I would not pay down the mortgage at 4%. Eh, nah. You're young. You should invest. Your child at two has $38,000. Holy cow. That is really, really good. So I would either A, put it in there, or B, just go ahead and add to your future wealth because you can spend it on your child if you want to. And it doesn't have to be put toward education. It can be put toward anything. And just go take that money 
add a thousand or a hundred dollars to it, go to Vanguard and just put it into the VTWAX fund for you, the Vanguard Total World Stock Index Fund. You're in your 30s. It has all the stocks in the world practically, except for a few very tiny ones and you know small emerging markets. And it has a tax advantage. We forget that index growth-oriented funds have a modicum of tax advantage built in, and that is the fact that they don't distribute their capital gains, all of them, on an annual basis. If you watch, the value of the shares of funds like this rise over time, and that capital gain is deferred, just like a regular IRA, until you sell the fund. You know, they don't create a lot of taxable events yeah there might be a little dividend but it's not going to be big uh, and there's nothing wrong with paying a little tax now and again so those two things i would do one of those two things 855-935-TALK that's our phone number or send your question in via talkingrealmoney.com just hit the contact form last question of the day is about social security benefits at age 70 I read a recent article in the AARP April Bulletin regarding a reader that said, if you, quote, take your benefits at age 62, sorry, early, the, the first time you can take them, and invest wisely, not spend the money, but invest it, you will come out substantially better than waiting to age 70. Do you agree? Yeah, if you invested in something that could make like 12% a year, that's somebody listening to Dave Ramsey. You can't make 12% per year with any kind of certainty and certainly with not with no no reasonable volatility. So you have to look at what a reasonable figure might be, which is what I did. I took my early Social Security amount, about $2,200, and ran that out until age 70 when I would get about $3,800. And at 6%, which is about as high as you should reasonably expect. And, and even that might be a stretch. But let's say 6. We can't say 10. We can't say 12. That's irresponsible. It is. Dave, it's irresponsible for you to say that. You're giving people false hope. And you're making a lot of money off your network of stockbrokers. But anyway, I digress. You, I would have about a little over a quarter of a million dollars accrued, about 270000 accrued in that account by the time I got to 70. So let's say I can take out 5% per year from that point on, adding it to my social security. But remember, I'm only getting the $2,200 a month. So that takes me up to about $3,300 a month with the income that I'm taking off of my investments. Yes, I do have a quarter of a million now, but I'm still only getting about 3,300 a month. And if I wait, I get Social Security of $3,800 a month. So, and, and I still think 6% may even be aggressive. So, no, I don't think that investing it 
wisely. Investing it dangerously? Sure, that might work. Investing wisely? I don't think it'll work. I would not do it. I have not done it. And I'm a pretty good investor. So uh, I'm waiting until the 70. Oh, and by the way, that neglects to take into account the fact that if you have any income when you take early withdrawals at 62, if you have income over $17,000 a year, seventeen five, your Social Security benefit drops and is taxable. So you're going to have even less money. I ran this assumption based on the fact that I had no other income. I don't know how you survive and invest at age 62 without some other income. So while everybody's a little bit different, that advice really stinks. Send in your questions to me anytime. 855-935-TALK is the place to call them in. TalkingRealMoney.com contact form, the way to send them in. And for those longer, more complex, confusing things, we offer everybody an opportunity to spend a little time with a fee-only 100% fiduciary advisor for no fee. Now, if you want us to manage your money, there will be a fee. We don't work for free, but we do help for free. So go to TalkingRealMoney.com. Great stuff there. Uh, thanks for listening. Do not go out and uh, buy the May 2020 West Texas Intermediate Crude Contract. Just don't even think about it. And uh, stay safe inside until the world can return to something closer to normal. Keep listening to the podcast. Please share it with friends. It's really easy to do, too. Just hit the share button on your popular podcast services. Or visit TalkingRealMoney.com. Tell them to go there. I think we're done. Thanks for being there. I'm Don McDonald. that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.